to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. I lost count of the number of red pills in this episode. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And I know what you mean, Dad. But guess what? There's more to come. In our previous podcast, we concluded that Jehovah's Covenants did not cancel one another, but actually built on the previous ones. I can hardly wait to talk about what comes next. I feel the same way, Mama. Our listeners can email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpiltorah.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Google Play. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We want to know what you think. So, in this podcast, we want to talk about the New Covenant. For many believers, this is an important point in the history of the faith. Now, while I don't think there is agreement on why the New Covenant marks such an important point, I do hear it spoken about very often. In some cases, believers cite it as the reason why they believe the Torah and the Old Testament are obsolete. I've heard that too, and I think I understand. If you're predisposed to believe that the Torah and the Old, Os- and the Old Testament are just for the Jews and not for modern-day Christians, I can see how some might believe that. For the past three episodes, we have been showing that Jehovah's covenants are everlasting based on Scripture. That's right. And I really hope that we can help to clear some of these things up for our listeners. For today's podcast, we want to use the word deal in place of the word covenant. A few podcasts ago, we defined covenant as an agreement between parties. I wonder if some believers assume that covenant means the same thing as testament, as in Old or New Testament. Mm -hmm. By confusing those words, they may get the impression that the Old Testament is done away because there's a New Testament. So in this podcast, we're going to say deal instead of covenant. So let's get started, Dan, with a quick recap. Okay. The deals Jehovah made started with Adam and Noah, focusing on mankind as a whole. After Noah's deal was made, then there was Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Moshe, or Moses, and the children of Israel, and David. All of Jehovah's deals are eternal. All of the deals were one-sided and unconditional, meaning Jehovah made the terms and only Jehovah was responsible for performing the terms. The exception was the Mosaic deal. It was an if-then agreement. That's right. The terms were simple. If the children of Israel agreed to obey Jehovah's voice and follow his instructions, then he would take them as his special people out of all the people on the earth, and they would be his kings and priests. Elohim's instructions were very clearly stated. They included blessings for following the instructions and penalties if they were not followed. Some of the penalties included death for the individuals Mm. who did not follow the instructions. For the nation of Israel, disobedience could mean loss of the nationwide blessings including the land, the relationship with Elohim, and his divine protection. Now, let's go to the New Deal. The New Deal can be found in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6 through 12. 
It is a one-sided, unconditional deal where the parties included Jehovah and Israel. The terms were, Jehovah would put his laws in Israel's minds and write them in Israel's hearts. He would be Elohim to Israel, and Israel would be his people. Everyone would know him from the least to the greatest, and he would be merciful to their unrighteousness and not remember their sins and iniquities. Verse 13 is the one that many believers quote to say the Old Testament is no longer valid. It says, By him saying a new deal, he made the first one old. Now, the thing that is getting old and decaying is ready to disappear. Now, could that be talking about the Old Testament? Mm. Many believers are surprised to learn that this scripture in Hebrews is actually quoting from Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 31 through 34, a book in the Old Testament. I don't think that the Father used the Old Testament to tell us that the Old Testament is no longer valid. In fact, Mama, let's go to Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. This is the original scripture written in Hebrew. I think we have a better chance at understanding the intended meaning if we go to the original. Okay. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says Elohim, when I will make a new deal with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the deal I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt, because they broke my deal, though I was a husband to them, says Elohim. This is the deal I will make with Israel after those days, says Elohim. I will put my Torah within them. Yes, I will write it on their hearts. I will be their Elohim, and they will be my people. No longer will people teach others, saying, No, Jehovah, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their iniquity and will not remember their sin anymore. In verse 31, the first thing I noticed is that Gentiles were not a party to this deal. Elohim says it is with the houses of Israel and Judah. No churches, denominations, or other people groups are mentioned. The only way to be a part of this deal is to be grafted into believing Israel, not as a replacement for Israel, but as a member of the family. Now check out our podcast number four and five for more about being grafted in. The second thing I noticed in verse 31 is that the new deal was prophesied to be a future event when Jeremiah wrote the scripture, so it didn't go into effect right away. Verse 32 identifies the deal with Moshe and Israel as the deal that was broken. That was clear when you read, not like the deal I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt. Jehovah proclaimed it was Israel and Judah who broke the deal. This is the fault that was mentioned in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7 and 8, which says, For if the first deal had been faultless or unbroken, then there had been no need for a second. For finding fault with them, Israel, he said, Behold, the days are coming, said Elohim, that I will make a new deal with the houses of Israel and Judah. There is indeed something new about this deal. And verse 33 states it. 
Verse 33 starts with, This will be the deal that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord. These clauses tell us that this new deal would be for a time after Jeremiah wrote this scripture. It would not go into effect right away. And uh, in this new deal, Jehovah promised to put his laws in Israel's minds and write them in their hearts. Of course, we now know that his laws are the Torah. We see the word Torah used in the ancient Hebrew scriptures. These are the same instructions given at Mount Sinai. And that includes the other instructions Jehovah gave, like the Sabbath, appointed times, dietary instructions, and other things we once thought were just Jewish things. That's right, Mom. Well, so much for the Torah being done away with. Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 9, tells how Israel was supposed to write the Torah in their own hearts. It says, These words which I am commanding you today are to be put on your heart. You are to teach them diligently to your children. Talk about them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as a, a sign on your hand. They are to be frontless between your eyes and write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. Sounds like it was Israel's responsibility. Mm -hmm. If they did their part, Elohim would be Elohim to Israel. The same as the Mosaic deal. That same term exists in the New Deal. Jeremiah 31, 33 ends with, And I will be their Elohim, and they will be my people. Verse 34 has more new terms. It looks like there will be no need for teachers because everyone will know Elohim from the least to the greatest person. The verse finishes with Jehovah saying that he will forgive Israel's iniquity and not remember their sin anymore. More about sin and iniquity in a future podcast. So, Daddy, let's lay out the differences between Moshe's deal and this new deal. Okay. First, Jehovah takes responsibility for making sure Israel knows his Torah. This is where Israel dropped the ball in Moshe's deal. They did not write Jehovah's Torah in their own hearts. Second, Jehovah said that they will not need teachers because everyone will know him. Jehovah will take responsibility for making sure everyone knows him and his ways. Mm. Thirdly, Jehovah will forgive their iniquity and forget their sins. He is not going to ignore their sins, but rather he will forgive their sins. And now we know it's because the penalty for sin was paid by Yeshua, our Hamashiach. Notice that all of the different terms in the New Deal are Elohim taking responsibility for the terms Israel and Judah broke during the Mosaic deal. Wow, that's a great point, Mama. Clearly, these deals have a lot in common. The common points include the same parties to the deals, the same instructions, or Torah, the same expectations of obedience to Torah, and the same blessings are inherent in obedience to the Torah. Amen, Daddy. And why would he want Torah written on our hearts and minds if he didn't want us to obey it? Hey, I think it's clear. 
He expects us to obey his instructions. Mm -hmm. Now, many believers are aware that many of the oldest manuscripts for the New Testament are written in Greek. The oldest manuscripts for the Old Testament scriptures are written in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. Since Hebrews 8 in Greek contains a quotation from the uh, Hebrew Jeremiah uh, chapter 31, we have an interesting opportunity to compare these scriptures. There is a key difference between the two scriptures. It's in the word translated into English as new. The Greek scripture uses the word kainos, which which, uh, basically translates as new. The Hebrew scripture uses the word chadash, which is often translated as renewed. Imagine flowers that die off when the weather changes, but the roots are still alive underground. When the weather warms up, we get renewed flowers from the same root system. I get it. Like the roots of the Mosaic deal are the same as the roots of the New Deal. Same parties, same Torah, same expectation of obedience, same Elohim being Elohim to Israel. Yep. In Hebrew, Chadash is used to refer to the new moon. Of course, the half moon is the same moon as the full moon, but with different lighting. I think this is significant because it gives us a hint regarding how the New Deal could replace the deal with Moses and Israel, and the deal with Moses can be said to be an everlasting deal. Our Elohim renewed the Mosaic deal, which was broken by Israel. He did it by assuming full responsibility for performing the terms, and by promising mercy if or when Israel breaks the New Deal. These promises of mercy and performance of the terms by Elohim are the better promises mentioned in Hebrews 8 and 6. Because he can't fail, this new or renewed deal cannot fail. That is so awesome, Daddy. To have a deal where you can't fail. Knowing that, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs are out of line with God's instructions. Would you take the blue pill and keep thinking that the Mosaic deal is replaced with grace? Or take the red pill and see that Jehovah's new deal mentioned in Jeremiah and Hebrews helps us to live the intent of the Mosaic deal? Only you can answer that question. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared. Reread the scriptures and discuss them with your friends. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth. truth.